Hi, hello, and welcome to Sola Sisters. I'm Erica. And I'm Kerr. And today we're going to be talking about the Reformation. We're specifically talking about Martin Luther's Reformation and not all of the other people that came out of that Reformation. We're just going to focus on Luther. But if you do like this episode and you're interested in church history and learning about the Reformation, things like that, feel free to DM us on Instagram or email us and just let us know that you want more episodes like this. So without further rambling, I guess let's go ahead and get on with it. Cool. Okay, so to start us off, I'll just tell us a little bit about Martin Luther. He was born in 1483, and he was studying to be a lawyer, and I believe he was also a professor at the University of Wittenberg, and his father really wanted him to be a lawyer because there was good money in it, and he didn't come from a very wealthy family, but there was one night that a really big storm hit, and Martin Luther cried out, St. Anne, save me, and I'll become a monk. And to his father's dismay, Luther was saved, and, or spared, and he became a monk. He kept his promise. And his father was pretty angry, I, if I remember correctly, pretty upset that he didn't bail on that promise to St. Anne and that he didn't just continue to be a lawyer. But I think to our benefit, the church now, we actually got something really great out of that promise mm-hmm. because... His time as a monk, he was studying the writings of Augustine, and he was also studying the Bible pretty heavily. And through that, he became profoundly aware of his own sinfulness and the need of Jesus to come down as a a man and, and live the life that we should have lived and die the death that we deserve in order for us to have life. And there was just this understanding and awareness of his own sinfulness and his need for a savior. And that really led to the reforming of, of the Roman Catholic church. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So we don't have like a reformation just for the heck of it. Okay. <laughs> Martin Luther's goal was not to depart from the church. Right. His goal was to reform it back to the word of God, not to just like start a revolution for the heck of it. And it's hard for us to wrap our minds around this with our American culture and all of our different denominations that we have. But there's only one church during this time. There weren't like a million different denominations. Just one church, the Catholic Church, that was supposed to be the priesthood to the world. But they became very ritualistic, very legalistic. They taught... That you have to pay indulgences in order to be granted salvation. So that means that people had to pay a certain amount of money for either like a family member to be saved out of purgatory or for them, their own person to be saved from this world to make sure that they have salvation. They also taught only in Latin during this time mm-hmm. and most people didn't speak Latin. Most people couldn't read. Most people couldn't write. That wasn't a universal norm. And again, that's so hard for us to wrap our minds around because almost everybody in our culture can read and write, right. which is amazing. But the average citizen couldn't read from the word of God mm-hmm. because it was either written in Latin and they're like, what the heck is this? I don't know how to read Latin. Or they were told that they have to go to the church in order to hear from the word of God. And so people wanted to go to church so that they could have salvation and 
hear from the word. So the reformers fought to translate the word into everyone's known language. So that was a huge part of the Reformation. So if you have an English Bible, you should thank a Protestant for that. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, there were just so many problems at the Catholic Church. They weren't caring for the poor, the widows, and the orphans. They were just almost gaining money for them their own selves so that they, they could continue whatever practices they were practicing. Hmm. They held that the Pope was a person who could hear from God. And to this day, the Catholic Church still holds to this, that the Pope is like the leader of the Catholic Church who can be granted special revelations from God outside of the Word of God, which... Martin Luther was like, nah, bro, that's not going to work. <laughs> because the only special special revelation you need is the word of God itself. Right. So Martin Luther got to this point after studying um, the scriptures and being a monk. He realized all of these issues with the Catholic Church and was like, this is crap. We're not <laughs> doing this. So he wrote his 95 Theses hammered him on the door. It's known as like the hammer heard around the world because it really did change all of the known world at that time. Yeah. Because so much of the church was also political power because the church and government were like the same thing during this time, which is also weird for us to comprehend in our American context for sure. But the church and the government were basically the same entity So, how this, throughout all of Europe, this became known, and people had the same issues that Martin Luther had with the Catholic Church, so it created this whole new denomination of Christianity that has grown since. In some of his 95 theses, I'll read some for y'all. I love the first three. It's kind of written like, they just like naturally flow into the next one. Like a paragraph, basically. But there's 95 of them, so it's a lot. But here's what the first couple say. When our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, Repent, in Matthew 4.17, He willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. This word cannot be understood as referring to the sacrament of penance, that is, confession and satisfaction, as as administered by the clergy, Yet it does not mean solely inner repentance. Such inner repentance is worthless unless it produces various outward mortification of the flesh. Hmm. So basically to say, the Catholic Church was teaching, hey, I just need a few bucks from you and you'll be saved. (laughs) And Martin Luther was trying to say, no, the believer's life should be one of repentance. Like habitual repentance where you are mortifying your sin daily and becoming more and more aware of how sinful you are. And that's exactly what he went through himself. He became more and more aware of how sinful he was in his need for repentance for salvation. And so he wrote this to the church and told them, stop making people pay all their livelihood so that they could have salvation because all they need to do is repent. There's nothing in scripture that says... Hey, I just need a few bucks from you and then you'll have <laughs> salvation. Because we don't believe in works righteousness. You don't have to do anything for salvation. You just believe in who Jesus is and what he has said in his word for salvation. 
And that's it. And that's what he was trying to reform the church to. But it just caused a lot of problems out of that. <laughs> and it wasn't like he was trying to destroy the church at the time. Mm-mm. And kind of what Kerr said, the Roman Catholic Church was just the church. So mm-hmm. there wasn't all these denominations that we have today. Mm-hmm. And Martin Luther wasn't trying to have all these denominations that we have today. Right. Mm-hmm. He wanted to bring back, he wanted to reform the church back to the way that it was, back to the way that he saw in scripture. Right. And so there there was a lot of issues before Martin Luther's time as well, like even in the 1300s, and this happened mm-hmm. in 1517. So there were issues probably even before the 1300s, I would even say, yeah. because we're all sinful people. And so, of course, there's going to be problems within the church. And mm-hmm. what Luther was really trying to do was, you just need to repent. You need to come back to what the Word of God says. Yes. And nothing that he was saying was really new. It was yes. a reforming. So it was, the church was already formed, but it took a step back and it went a different way. And mm-hmm. he was trying to bring that back. Yes. So this wasn't really anything new. Right. But it was just a, we need to change these things back to the way that they were and the, right. way, that they, the way that they were supposed to be. Right. So, and I like what he said about there just there isn't just this inner repentance there has to be an outward repentance mm-hmm, because we mm-hmm. see that you know the tree by its fruit yes and so yes. if you're a christian you know them by their fruit that's right and people know you by your fruit that's right. and sometimes you're going to produce bad fruit because you're a sinner yep. and sometimes i produce bad fruit because i'm a sinner and i'm thankful for the community that i've built that says hey erica you've really messed up or it seems like you're sinning in this area mm-hmm. how can we help you how can we help get you to repentance? How mm-hmm. can we pray for you? How can we make sure that you're living a life that is honoring to God and turn away from the sin? And right. so they're not the reason why I repent. I repent because it's a gift from God. Right. And I realize that I am so low in comparison to the high holy God. Yeah. And that's why I repent is to mm-hmm. have good standing with the Lord. But also I'm so thankful for a community that says, you're a wretched sinner and you need to repent. Uh-huh. And because of Jesus, you can be forgiven uh-huh. and you can be seen by God as the son was seen by God. Uh-huh. And that is just so cool. And I that's kind of what I hear when when you read the first mm-hmm. three, first three. Mm-hmm. theses. And there are so many more. And you can so you can just easily Google them. Yeah, 95 Theses. Literally if you wanna... did. Must Google. Yep. <laughs> and so if you want to read the 95 Theses, you can totally Google it. Would recommend. It was really good. There's scripture thrown out all throughout these mm-hmm. 95 theses and it just shows his reverence for scripture yes which is cool That's it is we really get cool. solo scripture and this was what most people would call halloween but us <laughs> reformed people like to call it reformation day because <laughs> yeah. he nailed these 95 theses to the church door on october 31st 1517 and that really was the spark of the reformation mm-hmm. uh and it wasn't welcomed very well. No. He got a letter from the Pope and said, Arise, O Lord, and judge thy cause. A wild boar has entered your vineyard. <laughs> and the wild boar was Martin Luther. Mm-hmm. And Martin Luther responded a few times and said, Well, the Pope is actually the heretic. And <laughs> he was pretty spicy. And yes. it was just kind of fun to, to read his writings. and to. He's sassy. He's he a sassy is dude. very sassy. So it was, it's kind of fun to, to study him, and he, he certainly did things wrong. Not everything that 
he did was totally right because he was still a sinner just like all of us. Yep. But there is this this good that has come out of the man of Martin Luther to to bring back the church, and that's why we do a lot of the things that we do today as as churches. If you are not a a Catholic, mm-hmm. um, like if you don't believe that the communion is literally the flesh and the blood of Christ, you can thank the reformers for that because they said, well, we think it's symbolic. We don't think it's literal. It, like it literally turns into yeah. Jesus' flesh and blood once it gets into <laughs> your gut. <laughs> and Luther would also say, well, if the Pope has the ability to save souls from purgatory, why does he wait for payment? Why yes. does he not just do it out of the goodness of his own heart? For love. Yeah. And so... Yeah, why do you need to pay this hefty fine to maybe even have your loved one's soul yeah. out of purgatory? Or maybe your even your own soul out of purgatory. Yep. And these like we in today's context we think like these issues of not really serious like if you want to believe in transubstantiation that the that when you take communion it turns into actually Jesus flesh and blood or if you think it's symbolic, it's cool whatever. We totally have that attitude in our culture, but if you read church his- church history, people were murdered for these hmm. differences. So these were huge issues, and we've kind of like we've kind of lost our fervor in all of these things because now we're just like, however you want to be baptized, that's cool, just get baptized, or mm-hmm. however you want to take communion, that's cool, just take communion. But these were issues where people were burned at the stake. Yeah. There are stories of. Like, corridors throughout cities being lit up throughout the night by burning bodies on stakes. Like, hung up as lanterns, Uh. but were humans on fire. Like, that's nuts and horrible. So I think we have to take these issues really serious, too, to understand the why behind all of them. It wasn't just for the heck of causing problems. It was because we wanted to go back to the word of God and the word of God is so powerful that it starts wars. <laughs> it causes all these divisions but also unites his true church to himself. It's a really good pruning tool if you want to prune some right. bad apples out. Yeah, it <laughs> separates the sheep from the goats. Yes. Mm-hmm. It makes you understand and really realize who is the true church of Christ mm-hmm. and who is not. Yes. And there are some differences that the denominations today hold that mm-hmm. I would say are not sufficient for salvation. Yes. There are, like, non-essentials that we can disagree on, for sure. Um, but there are some essentials that some churches that are claiming to be the true church of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. are really missing. Yes. That they distort, and because of that, they are not the true church. Correct. And so, us as Reformed people, we don't rejoice that there are different denominations Mm -hmm. we actually i i kind of mourn it like there are so many differences right there should there should have been just a a realization of wow we have strayed so far from scripture that we should reform we should go back to what scripture says Mm -hmm. maybe this luther guy is on to something right um and a lot of people followed him so a lot of people did follow him so we praise god for that yeah. and we praise god that it it still remains today that there are people that have a such a high reverence for scripture today that did adopt some of the things that luther has said mm-hmm. and we 
we mourn that there are some people who are still deceived mm-hmm. and practicing things that scripture doesn't doesn't say really happen. Mm-hmm. But there was also a pretty pivotal time for Martin Luther. So he was deemed a heretic by the right. by the Pope. And he responded and said, well, I think the Pope is heretic as a heretic, and he's preaching a, a gospel that is damning to souls. Mm-hmm. And he was not shy on how he thought of the Pope and what he <laughs> thought of what the church was doing at the time. Yes. And uh, there was a guy that, he actually did many debates, but there was one that really stood out when I was researching some of this. And most of the information, I'm just going to throw it out before I forget. Most of the information I have is from... Shelley's book called Church History in Plain Language, and then also a podcast called Luther in Real Time by Ligonier Ministries. So that's on Spotify where I listen to it. I don't know if it's anywhere else, but I know it's, it's on, at least on Spotify. It's on the, uh, the Apple one too. Okay, cool. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so if you're else. interested in it, it's super cool. They, it, it's kind of like dramatized, and but it's really interesting. And that's mm-hmm. where I got some of my quotes and some of my other information. So, cool. But there was a, a debate with Johann Eck that Luther had that really solidified his departure from the Roman Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. And the whole debate was, do we trust popes or do we trust scripture? Mm -hmm. And Luther's position was, if it is in line with scripture, of course we can trust the pope. So Mm -hmm. even if we don't hold to popes today, so anyone who's listening to this that's not a Catholic... Christians, you're a pastor. If you're a pastor mm-hmm. saying something mm-hmm. that is backed up by scripture, of course you can believe them. Yes. Of course mm-hmm. you can trust them. Mm-hmm. But when they steer from scripture, that's when we have the calling. And I would say the authority to say, hey, that doesn't sound like it lines up with scripture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Let's get to a, a place where we can both sit down and say, this is what scripture says. Yeah. Let's come to a place of agreement. But if your pastor is saying something that is in line with scripture, of course you can believe them and of course you can trust them. Yep. But your pastor doesn't dictate what scripture says. The Pope doesn't get to change what scripture says. Mm-hmm. There is no new revelation that comes to us that is outside of scripture. So everything that God wants us to know about him and about ourselves and about the world is in scripture. Mm -hmm. And as we grow in sanctification, we'll have different things revealed to us and have things come to our understanding. But it's all going to be backed up by what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. And Johann Eck was saying, well, I think the Pope actually has the authority of the church. And we can look to scripture, but it's the Pope that actually has the ultimate authority. And... Luther said, no, no, we don't, we don't trust popes. We don't trust councils. We don't trust anything that is outside or deviating from what scriptures say. And so that's really where we see the foundation of sola scriptura, of scripture alone. It's our highest authority. So if we're practicing traditions in the church that aren't allowed through scripture, Mm -hmm. then we don't practice them. There are some gray areas here and there, but overall... If it's not prescribed worship through what scripture says is permittable, then we don't do it. Mm-hmm. And Luther got deemed a heretic again at this debate. And he was called a Hussite, which I had to do some research, but there was a man, his last name was Huss, and he he was before Luther's time. And he said the same thing, that we don't follow popes, we don't follow councils, we follow scripture. Mm-hmm. And he was killed for that. Yes. And, he, and so Luther... At first, denied that he would he would 
be considered in the same camp as Huss. But then I think it was the next day he came back and he was like, I am a Hussite and I am proud of it. And he did his research and mm-hmm. the the websites and the books and the podcasts that I would listen to all agreed that there were so many witnesses at this debate and they all said that he had scripture and he had church history at his fingertips. Cool. He cared so much about the history of the church. He cared so much about scripture that it was just at the forefront of his mind and that's where he was pulling his information and it was just so cool to to read that and hear that and so that's where we really get sola scriptura and then one last little thing was there is a there's a holiday called all saints day or all hallows day and it's the day where they just study the saints that have passed and Mm -hmm. uh luther being a augustinian monk Mm -hmm studying the writings of Augustine the day before All Saints Day or All Hallows Day. He was studying the writings of Augustine, and he saw that Augustine fought for by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And he was like, whoa. And his, from, I mean, I wasn't there. I don't know for sure. But I would assume he was like, holy cow, this yeah. is totally what I believe. Yeah. And so he fought for it. It is by grace through faith. In Jesus Christ that saves. It yes. is nothing else. It is nothing more and nothing less. So just within the few short years of between 1517 and I think this happened in 1520. So maybe three short years, maybe maybe 1521. Within three to four years, we see his his stance on what, what we talked about in the first episode mm-hmm. of the first four solas. So it's just really cool to see how that emerged from his writings and his his debates and the sermons that he would give. And it was just really cool to, to research this and see the four mm-hmm. solas come out of his teachings, mm-hmm. even if they weren't specifically coined that way. It's what he taught. And yes. so it was just really fun to, to read and research. That's super cool. And then in um, 1521, there was this council called the Diet of Worms. We say diet of worms, but they would have said like diet of worms or something like that <laughs> with all their Germanness going on. But this was a council that Martin Luther was like officially deemed a heretic. <laughs> he and they were like, "We'll give you one more chance. You can recant if you want." And this is what he said in response. It's so amazing. I love it. He said, "Recant? You want me to recant?" Unless I am convinced by the scriptures or by clear reason. For I do not trust in the Pope or the councils alone, since it is well known that they often erred and contradicted themselves. (laughs) I am bound by the scriptures I have quoted, and my conscience is held captive to the word of God. Hmm. I cannot and will not recant, since it is neither safe nor right to go against conscience. So help me God. Amen. And of course, he said that in German, so it wasn't like that exactly, but you get the idea. (laughs) But just like looking at how strongly he held to the scriptures of of the word of God is so encouraging because especially being in 2020, we can look back at all of church history and see that the only thing that has stayed the same is the word of God. Hmm. Countries have changed, languages change, social norms change, but the word of God doesn't. And therefore, his church doesn't. His church remains the same as long as we are on the word of God. 
if we're on anything else, it's going to fall one way or another, which is so amazing that God has preserved his word for us, for all people, so that they can know him. And then after this, he fled from Germany and then had an alias so people wouldn't find him. <laughs> um, I forget what his alias is. It's like George something or whatever. I think it was like King, King George or... Don't quote us on that. I don't, I don't remember his alias. It was in German and then loosely <laughs> translated to English. But um, yeah, there was an edict passed that said that they were to capture Luther and Oops. that they wouldn't kill him. But I believe that through my when I was researching this, I think the same thing or something very similar was put out for Huss and Huss was killed. Mm-hmm. So Luther was I'm like, sure. I'm not trusting any of you yeah. guys. Like, yeah. I don't trust a single thing you say. Yeah. So he fled, and there was a prince that protected him. Yes, that's And right. it was so mm-hmm. cool. I was like, you had your own prince? <laughs> so it was just so fun for me to learn. So I don't cool. know why. I love it. <laughs> it's so interesting, too, when you look back at church history, and everyone, um, I shouldn't say everyone, but a good chunk of people who fought to stand on the word of God were killed. Hmm. were martyred one way right. or another which is nuts but he wasn't because he ran away <laughs> but then he was able to translate the new testament into german so that all these people in germany could now read the word of god for themselves yeah like how amazing is that like i remember seeing videos of like um christians in china and just like east asia mm-hmm. when they receive bibles because it's it's illegal to share your faith in china to this day and when you see these videos of all these Chinese people getting their Bibles and they're just like bawling and so excited and praying and thanking God, like, why don't, why don't we have that reference for God's mm-hmm. word? Because we have like 50 Bibles in our houses and don't care and they're covered in dust. But all these people in China to this day are just like, I finally have a Bible that I can read for myself. Mm-hmm. Like, how amazing is that? And yeah. we just take it for granted. I know I definitely do. Yeah, I have. I, I probably have 20 different translations in my house, and I'm like, well, I'll read this one today, and then... But I could totally give these all away. I think that's really it. I think so, too. Yeah, so if you liked this, there is so much more that we didn't cover just in Luther's Reformation, too. Oh, yeah. There are so many other details and in, in depth to what he did as a reformer. For the church. But if you liked this, you can, again, DM us on Instagram or email us and mm-hmm. let us know that you want more depth. Or if you have any questions, there yeah. are so many fun quotes that we didn't even get to say that oh I have written gosh. down that They're I hilarious. love. It's so much fun. So you can email us or DM us and let us know that you want to hear more. Mm-hmm. Or other reformers, like a brief history of yeah. the other reformers. That would be kind of fun. But... I think that's it. Cool. And we're going to end with some dad jokes. We're going to send you into the new year with some dad jokes. Because we are happy that 2020 is over. That's right. (laughs) Praise God. And we are prayerfully welcoming 2021 in. Cautiously. Yes, great. (laughs) We're sad to see 2020 go. Are we, though? I... Some aspects of 2020 I'm sad to see go. But I'm excited to see the true church continue to stand up because yes. in 2020, I've seen so many Christians stand against so many things yes. that culture mm-hmm. has been saying, Yes, which we'll probably, we'll definitely cover 
in future episodes. We'll talk about things. Don't you worry, everybody. Oh, yeah. We want to start out a little bit late. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I've just seen so many Christians stand up for, no, this is what the Word of God says. It does not say what the world is preaching. If Mm -hmm. Christians, if your theology looks the same as the world's theology, woe to you. Yes. And you must open your Bible and dive in. And it's caused me to dive in. Yes, the world hates God. And so if our definition of justice is the same as the world's, woe to us because how little authority does God have if that's the mindset that we adopt. And so but we'll we'll get into that. Oh yeah. Um don't you worry. Yeah. But so we're gonna welcome you in with some dad jokes. (laughs) We asked you on Instagram if you had a favorite dad joke and if you did to send it to us. And we got some good responses. The first one was did you know the first French fries weren't cooked in France? They were cooked in Greece. (laughs) (laughs) There was another one. Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting cow. Moo. Ew. So gross. (laughs) Ew. We had another one that said, did you get a haircut? No, silly. I got all of them cut. (laughs) Just lame dad jokes. Uh, (laughs) My husband sent one in. That says atheism is a nonprofit organization. Oh gosh, but like, <laughs> like P R O P H E T. Yeah, like the prophets of the Bible. But um, <laughs> uh, I was googling some, and the only one that made me giggle, and I don't know if it's because I thought it was actually funny, or because I was so dead after reading so many countless and pointless dad jokes the first one that made me laugh was what do you call a fly with no wings a walk a walk (laughs) gosh it's horrible my husband makes me watch all these like all these comedians on youtubes on youtubes (laughs) on the tube of like the you betcha guy if you've ever seen him he (laughs) he like pretends to be like a 40 year old dad or he has like baby boomer (laughs) videos it's hilarious that's so funny like one of them is like him reading the newspaper in the morning and (laughs) with his glasses like to the edge of his nose (laughs) like all these classic dad things and it's just so funny (laughs) so go look up you betcha he's hilarious yeah there's like so many videos that ricky watches that it's like two guys sitting at the end of a table and the first to laugh loses but they just have cards of dad jokes and it's so much funnier (laughs) especially like when we were in school when you weren't allowed to make noise like everything was so funny Mm -hmm. and so when you're Mm -hmm. not allowed to laugh when you have a challenge of if you laugh first you lose everything is just so funny like the flipping of a card even is like yeah LOL. for real it's so, not even funny <laughs> it is i think he might have gotten some of his dad jokes from there but definitely not the non-profit one he came Maybe up with that all on his own and he said it and at first i was like i don't get it huh <laughs> <laughs> but it's not funny he sent it in and then i saw how profit was spelled mm-hmm. and it was funnier i didn't laugh though <laughs> <laughs> sorry ricky no laughing whoops but yeah, so cool. I think that's all we have. Yeah. Easy peasy. Yeah. We did it. Go Lemon squeezy. <laughs> <laughs>
We did it. We're done. And we kept it, well, we kept it right around 30 minutes. But that's it. And thank you for listening. We hope you tune in for the next one. We're hoping to drop new episodes every Friday. So we're hoping to be a weekly podcast every Friday. Should anything change or should we miss an upload, we'll let you know through Instagram. I think probably just Instagram. Maybe not Twitter. I don't know. I don't know how to do Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. Uh, But yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. And you'll hear us next Friday. All glory to Christ. Bye. Bye.